This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. However you are listening to us this afternoon as we broadcast out of Tampa Bay, but all across the globe, we're grateful that you've tuned in. Martha, we want to say hello as we've learned today. It's not coastal Virginia. It's Tidewater, Virginia, the Tidewater area of Virginia. Just Tidewater. Tidewater. I think that's how we say it. And we want our listeners to let us know because we don't want to sound like those crazy people who have no idea who we're talking to. Somebody called us today and said, what is wrong with you people? We're not, it's not coastal Virginia. Anyway, we're just being funny, but we are so grateful that as you listen to us all over Tampa Bay, all over Jacksonville and St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia, and of course, now in the Tidewater area of Virginia. That's right. So we are thankful for you. We're glad that you've tuned in. And we just hope that um, you will find a way to engage with us. Um, We are very much wanting to hear from our listeners to know what types of um, what shows we've talked, had talked about topics that have really resonated with you. So reach out to us on our either our contact page or use Messenger, whatever is your way of connecting with people um, let us know. You, you can even use our listener line, which is 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. And um, let us know if there's something that we can do for you, something that we can pray for you about. Just know that we're here. It is. And every the best way to get a hold of us always, just go to iworkrim.com and then find all the different ways to connect to us. iwork, right. the number four, him.com. You know, what's love got to do with it? I know I've said it before, but I love saying it again. Tina Turner sung about it, so why we should probably talk about it. More songs, poems, and books have been written about love. But really, why is love so important? In the world's eyes, they associate love with sex and feelings. But when Jesus said we were supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves, was that what he was talking about? I don't think so. When he said we were to love one another as he loved us, is that what he was talking about? I think that Jesus had a whole bunch more in mind when he was talking about loving our neighbors. What kind of love did Jesus demonstrate? What kind of that kind of love that Jesus demonstrated was so transformational that our world is either for him or against him, but everyone has an option. Why what is so threatening about the love that Jesus demonstrated to his disciples that the world is polarized by it even today 2000 years later? Does our world actually know the Jesus that you and I know? I don't think so. Do we even know how to love the way he's expecting us to love? Yeah, I think we do, but we got to work on it. Love 2020 is a movement in the body of Christ to share a genuine touch of Jesus's love with everyone in our country by the end of 2020. Why? Because everyone who met Jesus in the New Testament and was documented and they interacted with him, they were permanently transformed. They were either all in or they were all out, but at least they had the option. But what does this look like today in the next for the next generation? They're so attached to their phones and computers and social media. Do they have time to really receive love, let alone give love? Today in I Work For Him, we're going to talk about that transformational love with the next generation and how it's going to impact that next generation and how they're going to bring it to their workplaces and have an impact on their workplaces for a lifetime. Kathy Branzell is back with us from Love 2020. You can check them out online, love2020.com, love2020.com. And Kathy's brought with us a special guest. I'll let her introduce. Kathy Branzell, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, it's so good to be back. Thanks. 
All right, so let's just talk really, really quick. Why love 2020? Because it's just what you were talking about before, that uh, Jesus said, the world will know you're my disciples, you're my followers, you're my students, you're learning about me and being conformed into my character. The world will know you're mine because of your love. And right now, I don't know... Um, if we are really exhibiting the kind of love that Jesus had in mind. And so Love 2020 is all about prayer, care, and sharing the gospel message, sharing the love of Jesus Christ so that people do know the real Jesus. They do know his real message, and they can experience it, and they can express it. Hmm. I love that. So why don't you introduce our guest today? Because you've got a special guest to join us today, and you got a reason why. I do. So this is my good friend and co-laborer in Christ, Mark Slaughter. Um, not from the rock group, Mark Slaughter, if you are Googling him right now, but Mark <laughs> Slaughter from InterVarsity. He works with the next generation all over the world, um, speaking at conferences, helping in apologetics. If, if you are under the age of 35, um, Mark has a heart for you and a heart to share Jesus and to help you learn how to share the love of Jesus. And so I want to bring Mark on the show together today for us to talk about what I work for him and means to the next generation and to share some good news about what's going on on our college campuses out there. So mm. welcome, Mark Slaughter. Thank you, Kathy, so much. It's great to be with you and Jim and Martha. So thanks for having me on. Oh, well, th th we're excited to hear about what God is doing in and through you. But Mark, one of the things that we always do when we bring on a new guest is have you share with our listeners and with us so we get to know you better how you first became a follower of Jesus. I'd be glad to. I, I grew up in a Christian home with strong Christian parents and family, but it was not until I was in my early teens, about 12 years old, actually, when I first heard the message that Jesus died for my sins and the need, my own need for my personal uh, salvation and to commit my life to Christ. And though I'd gone to church, I'd never really heard the message that Jesus wanted to forgive me and to lead my life. And so I made that commitment to him in junior high school. And then uh, in the church that we were involved in, God began to give me opportunities of leadership. And one thing led to another. And I uh, was began to sense a call from God that my passion was to communicate Jesus to this generation. And, uh, and so preaching and evangelism were really two of the central things that God led me to after my, as I began to share my faith in my school and with friends. And then as I went to college, my first month at college, God opened the door for me to preach my first sermon, uh, the first month I was there at a church, and uh, uh, three people came to faith that morning. And now for over 40 years, by God's grace, I've been able to continue to communicate Jesus to this generation. It's just uh, this generation keeps changing. So I just <laughs> had to stay fresh. But the message is the core of it is the same. And the I, want to, I want to communicate Jesus thoughtfully and compassionately and truthfully and relevantly and biblically and be a spokesperson for Jesus and his good news. Uh, the technology has absolutely impacted our generations, Mark Slaughter, that's for sure. People can check you out online, markslaughter.org, markslaughter.org. Mark, why did you decide to associate yourself with the Love 2020 movement? I think one of the things that really drew me to Love 2020 was um, the fact that I look around my world, and especially here in our country right now, uh, even back 
10 years ago when I first got involved with Love 2020, and I saw the division, the hatred, the anger toward Christian uh, faith and Christians on, uh, that I was seeing among college students and young adults, people longing for harmony, and I saw in Love 2020 the opportunity to cut through that and to say, how do we help people experience the love of Christ, give them a new you know, video movie in their minds of what, what a Christian looks like, and that there's someone who's loving and trustful and um, and and compassionate, and to bring hope and healing into our world. And then the other thing that really struck me about Love 2020 is it's collaborative. And uh, a lot of people talk about Christians being arguing among themselves or being divided, but this really modeled unity in the gospel, uh, in evangelism and prayer and spiritual awakening that went across racial and generational divisions and church divisions. It was showing that we are one in Christ um, to the world that is desperately longing for that kind of uh, unity and hope and healing. So th- that's what drew me in. I-, I love that fact. I love that you're excited about it. Kathy Branzell, how, there's a lot of people listening today, they're going, love 2020, how can we get involved like Mark Slaughter's involved in a minute or less? Tell tell people how they can get involved. Yeah, go to love2020.com and uh, you can connect with us there. There's a, a join page where you can tell us what you're interested in, or you can connect uh, with me uh, through, um, you know, Kathy at missionamerica.org. When we come back, lots more with Kathy Branzell from Love 2020 and Mark Slaughter. You can check them out online, markslaughter.org. Working with InterVarsity on college campuses across the country, as we do not want to ignore, we want to absolutely reach that next generation. But again, they're not traditional people. They're These young people that are in college today, they're not hitting the churches just because their parents did. They want real. They want transparent. They want vulnerable. They want faith that they can feel and touch and live. Imagine a world for us. That, let's just imagine smaller now. Imagine the United States of America today. If we as Christ followers succeeded in the mission of love 2020, what does that world look like? First of all, restate the vision and tell us what that world looks like. Wow. So that gives me God bumps. I mean, just thinking about it is so exciting. So again, our goal, our vision is for every, every person in America to have the opportunity to experience the love of Jesus Christ through one authentic follower of Jesus Christ. And so with that, think about um, right now we are a, we are a nation divided, you know, and, and, and we hear that, you know, divided cannot stand. And so many people think, oh, she's quoting Lincoln. Well, I'm quoting Lincoln, quoting Jesus. And we are so divided. Um, we, we live on this uh, adrenaline of, of arguing and, and offense and all these things. So imagine in the next 23 months, everyone in America having the opportunity to really experience the love of Jesus Christ, for someone's anger to be met with love, for division to be met with unity, for people to be praying over people, meeting people at their need, making them feel safe, making them feel loved, and then sharing the message of Jesus. When people say, why are you acting so weird? How come you won't fight with me? How come every time I mean to you, you're nice to me? How come you brought that gift to my family? How come you're willing to help my children? How come you're willing to, you know, give me another chance? Well, because I'm a follower of Jesus. And he gave me those things. So out of the overflow of what he's given me, I give to you in his name and for his glory. So imagine division being replaced 
with unity. Imagine love. Imagine compassion. Imagine us regaining the ability to have have civil discourse with one another, to listen without hating, to disagree without hating, but to find ways of, of that we can continue to journey through life together and love one another that neighbors are helping one another, that schools, that, that, that children aren't, um, you know, hungry, that, that everybody's reading at grade level, that it, on and on and on it goes, uh, of needs being met out of the overflow and the abundance of what Jesus has given us here in this country, because everyone has something that they can give. And so in that, and, and also the whole 2020 piece, people are like, oh, everybody's doing a 2020-something and a 2020 vision. But every leader, every every person in a workplace that's, that's a part of the I Work For Him Nation out there listening, they know that if you don't set a deadline, then it just gets pushed to the back burner. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next year. But when you say, I want your room cleaned by 4 o'clock, I need that report on my desk by tomorrow. Uh, this project will be completed by December. Then it is urgent, it's emergent, and it gets our full attention and energy. And so that's why 2020, we want to be out there and getting it done. And I invited Mark on the show because I want to talk about how the next generation fits into the I Work For Him Nation. Because, yes, we want to be continuing to live out the love of Jesus Christ, working for Him, doing everything that we do 24-7 for Jesus, but then also thinking about that generation coming up behind us. And so how do we make sure that next generation claims, I work for Him? And so some of you have younger kids, you have kids in college like I do, or something like that, that, that you, you're mentoring, uh, you're working with students at your church. But I want to challenge everyone to think college campus for the rest of this show. There has to at least be a community college, if not a huge state college, within driving distance of your house. And so how could you go to a dean or a professor of your certain interest or where the, the job that you have um, maybe the major that you had, and go to them and say, is there, is there someone you know that could, need, could use some encouragement? Is there someone you know that's looking for a mentor? Is there someone to have coffee with and just say, you know, I'm glad I did this. I wish I hadn't done that. How can I help you? Is there someone looking for an internship, someone looking for a coach? And, and, and what are those campus ministries um, here on your campus, those Christian ministries on your campus? And maybe I could come be a guest speaker or go talk to them. And so that's why I wanted to bring Mark on so we could start thinking about not only how I work for him, but how the next generation would claim I work for him. So Mark Slaughter, why don't you, why don't you jump in here into this conversation? You've worked on colleges campuses now for 29 years. Why? Why did you do that? Well, Jim, honestly, I think the university campus, the college university campus, is one of the most strategic places to impact our culture for Christ. And um, that's often where future trends and issues are foreseen. It's the vanguard of those issues. For example, some of the division we see in our society right now, we were dealing with 10 and 20 years ago on the college campus and writing curriculum to deal with that. So it's a, it's a, a foretaste of what comes and often what sets trends. And also, then, it's a place where the future leaders of the world are coming uh, that will influence all seven of the cultural mountains of influence in business and government and education, media, 
the arts and entertainment, you know, in their family and religion. And, and we want to train these future leaders. We want them first to experience the transformational love of Jesus and then to live out their kingdom values on campus and then to be trained to be world changers as they go into their families and professions and neighborhoods after they graduate. So that completely fits with I Work For Him, and uh, that's why the university is so strategic, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's great for us to focus in on there because um, college students in general, I mean, they're at such a, a, a age for so many things as far as influence and things like that, but also they are getting ready for launching whatever's next in their life and being able to have the the proper perspective, the I work for him perspective as they go about that um, is something that we love talking about it. So in your time, this 29 years that you have been ministering on college campuses, what kinds of changes have you seen? You know, it's it's really interesting because when I first came on campus and I was I came as an evangelistic speaker and would speak at various state and, and private universities, um, you know, Students had much more church experience and Bible knowledge, and I could refer to Moses, and people knew that story. Today, if I refer to Moses, they think I'm talking about an NBA player, you know? So <laughs> there, that's, there's a biblical illiteracy. In fact, someone said they're not agnostic, they're ignostic. They're just ignorant of biblical truth. And, uh, and, so there, and then there's also been a shift of the post-modernity of how people, um, the, how truth is seen as relative, and there's no absolute truth. And so the framework by which we have to engage them with the gospel has shifted. My core message hasn't, although it's expanded. Uh, but it, but it, but the core message of the life and the everlasting life, the life that Jesus offers us, that's still at the core. It's just it's been recontextualized. Uh, people are more experiential. There's more distrust toward the church or Christians. There's more hurt. And yet, in the same moment, the darkness is, has been darker and more opposition, really, than ever. And yet the light of Jesus is shining brighter. And a lot of us here kind of have a negative view of the campus. And I would like to say it's both and because the opposition, the darkness has certainly increased. But, for example, InterVarsity, where I've served, the last 10 years, we have seen more people coming to faith every year than we ever have in our 75-year history on the college campus. The numbers right now are double from 10 years ago. And we call that a decade of fruitfulness. Uh, we, we have about 25% of students involved with our university chapters are self-identified as non-Christians that see this as a loving community to come and explore faith, and they get to see Jesus and explore Him for maybe a year or two, and then they, many of them come to faith in Christ. And uh, uh, so I, I, w- I would just say that's been amazing to see that deep spiritual hunger, and, and people are hungry for someone that's safe and that they can trust, uh, so, but they don't want to be judged. They've got their, their I like to say they're on DEFCON 4. Their, their alert system is kind of high. Uh, but then once you show you're authentic and real and vulnerable, then they are very spiritually hungry, and they want a safe place to go to explore the deeper questions of life, including faith. So, Mark, as we're talking about Love 2020, which people can find out about online, love2020.com, and they want to go out there and they want to get involved in this movement of bringing an authentic touch of Christ to every person in the United States before the end of 2020. Why is love, real love, the solution to the issues that students are facing on the universities, whether it's online or on campus and in their everyday life? Why is love that solution? Well, I, I believe it goes really to how we are created in the image of God, and that God created us with deep creational needs, and those transcend culture and age and everything else. Those are needs to love, to love and be loved, 
to belong to a community, for my life to have purpose. And love cuts through the hatred that's there. I love Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote when he says, he said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And I think as people are authentically loved by Christ followers on the university campus or in the workplace with, with millennials and young, young adult workers, then, uh, then we're able to get to the deeper creational needs that all of us have as human beings. You know, we're talking about love on I Work For Him, and you're going, wait a minute, isn't this a workplace ministry show? Yep. Let me just tell you, absolutely, absolutely, it is a workplace ministry. Here's the deal. If we don't start loving those people we work alongside each and every day, they're never going to meet Jesus. Because if we, who are known as Christ followers, aren't showing love to the people that we work with, why would they want to get to know Jesus? And so it's, we're just trying to work on being intentional in our behavior. And that's what Love 2020 is all about, isn't it, Kathy Branzell? Absolutely. And, you know, it's for the upcoming generation, but it's for our generation. And we forget that a lot of things that the upcoming generation is struggling with are the exact same things and temptations that we struggle with right now in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. That's right. So before we get back to Mark Slaughter, the guest you brought on and why you brought him on, when people go out to love2020.com, are there places where they should specifically click in order to hear, get ideas of what does bringing an authentic touch of Jesus look like? Absolutely. And we have our past radio show links on there with you guys and it just whatever they're interested in, we are a coalition, a, a group of collaborating ministries together. And so if you're interested in arts and entertainment, you know, you can click on that. If you're interested specifically just in the workplace, great. But military, all these different workplaces, education, government. And so we have to remember that, uh, you know, family, uh, if you if you want to know about reaching your whole city, what does that look like? And so we have people out there, boots on the ground, knees on the ground, doing prayer care share in that area, and we can help resource you and, and get you started in that direction. Very good. Well, I encourage people, except for when you're driving, to go take a look That's at right. that and um, and make a note for love2020.com. So, Kathy, you said you had a story you wanted to share about a 21 and 25-year-old. Yeah, so um, I've got a, well, I have a 21 and a 25-year-old. And so, of course, campus is near and dear. Next Gen is very near and dear because they're mine. Um, and so, interestingly, my daughter, who's in college, uh, was talking with a group of friends who were all brought up in the church. And so they knew the stories. You know, Mark was just talking about not being agnostic, but agnostic, that there's this Bible illiteracy. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, she has this big group of friends over talking about trying to find a church um, where they are um, that has a great college program where they could be fed. And the conversation led to about how they grew up in the church, and they knew all these Bible stories. And so my daughter runs gets her whiteboard, and they start writing down all of these stories, all the Bible stories that they know. So they knew Moses, they knew Joseph, they knew Jesus, they knew, they knew Nehemiah, they knew, they knew, they knew, and they knew the stories. They kind of, in the um, oral presentation, kind of just told the stories to each other in a nutshell to each other. So, yep, you know the story, you know the story. And she said, Mom, I had to start writing sideways and in little font. And as I stepped back from my board, one of the guys said, so what, now what? What do any of these stories have to do 
with life and what I'm struggling with as a college student right now. And um, so Emily goes into, well, what about this? Well, what about that? And she said, Mom, I need you to write a book called So What, Now What? So probably going to happen. But, you know, to realize they know the stories, but they don't know how it affects their life. They don't realize Moses, take Moses, for example, Moses, not just an NBA prayer, um, grew up in Pharaoh's house in a very Egyptian, you know, culture. Um, and so uh, Moses had to leave that culture you know, and, and as God spoke to him and God grew him, he had to leave that culture, grow up in that. And Moses ended up wandering in the desert with a bunch of people who were always complaining and even threatening his life. But sometimes that can be a college campus. But so on <laughs> and so forth. Joseph had a woman who begged him daily to sleep with her and even grabbed his clothes and snatched them off of him. I mean, if that's not a purity fight, what is? And so all of these things to say, you know, Emily ended her um, sentence with, Mom, I wish our youth pastors had spent more time training us than entertaining us. And yes, it's important to have fun, and it's important for people to know that Christians have fun. We have a blast together. But that Jesus isn't about, um, being a Christ follower isn't about a bunch of thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, that it's hope, that it's help, that it's the power that you need, not only to be safe, but successful. And that's a message for every generation. Mark Slaughter, as you hear what Kathy Branzell just said, that she, that her kids said they wish they had, that their youth pastors had done more training instead of entertaining. Now you get those kids who are Christian, quote-unquote Christians, going onto the college campuses, and they're learning uh, to become Christ followers as their faith is challenged. How do you take those kids and use them to mount a battlefront uh, against what the enemy has? He's got some pretty big strongholds on college campuses and universities across the country. How is InterVarsity, how is Mark Slaughter leading that battle? Well, that's a great question. I um, I, I think part of it is helping people to see that the, the gospel is good news for both heaven and earth. And often we've really focused about the gospel being good news to go to heaven, but does it really, as Kathy said, address the real issues of Earth as well, of bringing transformation in my own soul, of my own addictions or struggles, and my, the pain in my life? Uh, does it bring hope and healing there as well as in the societal issues that we have? And uh, one, of the thing, one of the initiatives through Love 2020 that I've been thrilled to see happen in the last couple of years uh, as we try to do collaborative work is trying to identify which college campuses in America do not have an evangelical gospel witnessing community on their campus. And there are about 5,000 college campuses in the U.S., and only about one-fourth of those actually have an evangelical uh, Christian movement there on on campus that's evangelical. And so InterVarsity and Crew have come together, Campus Crusade for Christ formally. Uh, InterVarsity and Crew, our national leaders, have worked for two years in an initiative called Every Campus. And you can go to everycampus.com and be able to, to see how we have identified every campus in America that does not yet have a, a gospel movement there. And we're wanting to see that planted by local business leaders, by local churches, by other ministries besides InterVarsity and Crew. And so, uh, you can, uh, in fact, our goal for this year in 2019 is to have people physically prayer walk every single college campus in America, which anyone listening to us today could lead that in their communities. Uh, through their churches, and take a day. You can go to everycampus.com and 
There are prayer guides for, to download. You can mm-hmm. enter your zip code and find the campuses closest to you. And uh, so that's well, been a hey, great Mark, collaborative Mark, effort coming right out of Love 2020. Okay, Mark, but let me just, okay, everybody listening is thinking, wait a minute, I thought Navigators, InterVarsity, and Crew were on every college campus. So you're saying that InterVarsity and Crew are working together. Can we get Navigators in there too? Because oh. the three of you guys are the, the most impactful organizations well, in the country in college campuses. Actually, we just were at Dallas in October, and, and so InterVarsity and Crew have agreed to take the lead on this, but now we're inviting all of these other campus ministries from denominations and other parachurch groups so we had 50 campus ministry leaders from 22 organizations gathered in Dallas. And there have been other similar gatherings where we're saying, how can we all together be part of every campus? Because that vision and the need is bigger than InterVarsity, Crew, Navigators, or any other single organization. And we have to see that happen. Our goal is by the year 2030, when today's first grader goes off to campus as a college student in uh, in 2030, that in, at that time, there would be a gospel movement on every campus in America. Well, there's still a whole bunch of people listening to the show today with their mouths and their jaws all the way open going, I had no idea. In fact, this host and his wife, the co-hosts of I Work For Him, are both going, really? Mm. You're not on every campus? I thought that was the deal. Well, you know, we just take it for granted, and we are so thankful for all the campuses that you are on, but to realize that there is such a need um, we know that what's happening on the college campuses from what we hear in the news and the, the darkness that's there. So we need to pray that the light gets to enter. So, Mark. Well, and Martha, listen- Martha, I would just say, and one practical way to do that is on February 28th is the National Collegiate Day of Prayer. And people can go to collegiatedayofprayer.org and adopt a campus nearby them to do a prayer walk. And so Collegiate Day of Prayer and every campus are even collaborating among themselves to say we need to pray in 2019 uh, as this movement is is growing. Excellent. And we're talking with Kathy Branzell from Love 2020, National Coordinator Superwoman of, of Love 2020, <laughs> and Mark Slaughter with InterVarsity, really in charge of, of these. We're talking today about the next generation. How do we reach the next generation on college campuses and universities across our country with an authentic touch of Christ? Mark, in 30 seconds or less, List some things that you're specifically teaching college students on how to bring love to their fellow students. Well, and, and this works for in the workplace as well. I'd say first, we as Christians have to ask questions and listen to those that are not yet followers of Jesus. Ask about their experiences of Christian faith and with Christians before we ask them about their beliefs. Empathize with them. Ask about their story. Tell about your own stories of transformation and then introduce them to the stories of Jesus. I love that. I'm going to hold you right there. And what you said, this works in a workplace as well. Absolutely ask and listen. But we need to understand these college students, their workplace is their classroom. That's their work right now. You're listening to I Work For Him. As Martha and I are having a Love 2020 conversation today. And as Love 2020 has been on the show many, many times, you all know, but I'll remind you, Love 2020 is all about bringing an authentic touch of Jesus's love to everyone that we know and everyone in the United States of America by 2020. Why are we doing that, Kathy Branzell? Because this world needs love, because we haven't done a great job of it. There's always room, I think, of a, if we got a report card right now, we have some things marked needs improvement. Uh, we aren't proficient. And so Jesus says, the world will know you're my followers by your love. And so um, we're blessed by giving love, and we're blessed by getting love. Everyone needs to experience it. 
and everyone needs to express it. And so that's why we talk about it, and that's why we're out there doing it. That's right. So Mark Slaughter from InterVarsity, just before the break, you were talking about um, ways that you're equipping young people on the camp- college campuses, and you just brought up a great point about asking questions, listening for people's stories. And our pastor says that all the time. He he just meets people and he says, hey, what's your story? And that can lead to the gospel message. So um, I I just love that that's a very practical thing that we can all take away. Be better listeners and, and less tellers. And so thank you for sharing that with us. And this is a workplace. The college campus is a workplace that most people think, well, it's college campus. It's not really a workplace. Well, it's a huge mission field. We all know it's a huge mission field. But these kids that are getting trained on college campuses are going to class. But most of them are working, too, aren't they, Mark Slaughter? Well, many of them are. Either on campus or at community colleges, they're working full-time jobs while they're going to college. So they're, they're having to apply this both in the workplace now as well as in, on the university campus. So, Mark, tell us, when you hear I work for him, what does that mean to you personally? You know, I love it because um, I'm, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm a key verse, I'm sure for you, is Colossians 3, 23 and 24, that whatever we do, we are to work at it with all of our heart as working for the Lord, not for human matters. So it's Christ that we're serving. It's, it's Christ, whether I'm in vocational ministry as a missionary or a pastor, or if I'm serving in government or in, in the business world, then all of us um, are working for him. And so I, I think that whole life stewardship is something that we train and teach our college students to see well, their whole life as their vocation and their calling and their stewardship. And they need to steward their vocations, their, their abilities, their, their professions, as well as their family and work life. And, uh, and then to be, be, church, be leaders in the churches that they go into uh, during and after graduation. You know, Mark, you work on college campuses, and if anybody listens to the news or anybody's involved in listening to politics, they realize that college campuses and universities have become bastions of anti-Jesusness. However, that's what the media presents, that, that it's just that, that we're being attacked on college campuses, that, that it's a place not for free thought anymore. Yet there is a huge opportunity there. How does your work on college campuses give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of the world? Well, I think one is we, we see the brokenness up front and, and up close and personal. Uh, the closer we are to people who are not yet Christ followers, and we see that in our college campuses, we see the brokenness from, from people who've experienced rape and sexual assault and uh, been abused or by priests or have experienced uh, disillusionment with the church. Uh, have come from broken families. We see all of that, but we also see that in the midst of that, Jesus offers them hope and healing, and they will come and and uh, experience transformation in the midst of that. And uh, and so that we we take on emerging issues and trends when we when I speak and we talk about other areas of brokenness. I've spoken at outreaches about human trafficking, about uh, racism and racial division, and then pointed to the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus and saying, how does Jesus address this and bring hope and healing in our world? Um, you know, in the isolation and the pain and the hatred and the injustice that we see in our world, that all stems from our, our brokenness. And the Christian worldview is the one that really offers a unique uh, hope and healing for that, because it goes at the deeper root issues that are caused ultimately by sin uh, between us and God, but also between each other, and uh, and it brings hope and healing for, for us individually, but also for our world. 
Mark, Every when you ha- happen on the college campus. Mm-hmm. When you're having conversations with these college students, and I know college students today range in age from 18 to, you know, 85. But when you're mm-hmm. having a conversation with the average college student, what is their biggest, what's their biggest struggle with the quote-unquote Christian faith? Well, it, it, uh, certainly among, among young adults in general, clear up through age 30 or so, 35, then there's a sense that the Christian faith has not cared about, um, a, not been a safe place for them to process some of the pain in their life, whether it be questions about their sexuality or their, or their faith questions. They, some of them have been shut down there. Uh, sometimes they see hypocrisy uh, in, in the Church and, and the, the violation of trust. Uh, I like to say, but, you know, we often talk about between God and humans, there's a sin gap. But today, in, in sharing the gospel, there's also a credibility gap, and people don't see Christians as uh, trustworthy or the church as trustworthy, and I have to bridge that credibility gap in order for them to look at the sin gap that we all are experiencing. And uh, so, so I, I just go into a room assuming there's mistrust, there's pain, but it's amazing how we can, uh, once we, that we are, they sense that we are trusting and safe, then they will open up. And I've had I've spoken in fraternities and sororities and uh, campus-wide outreaches in ballrooms, and I've had people from the LGBTQ community come up to me and be very angry at first. And then I would say, tell me your name and let me hear your story. And, and this one gentleman was so angry, he had his, his arms all crossed and just glaring, and he wasn't even at the meeting that I spoke at. But uh, about five minutes into our conversation, he said, wow, this isn't going the way I thought it would. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then for 45 minutes, I listened to the pain of his life and his story, and I helped him feel and experience the love of Jesus. And we had a Christian student in the fraternity being able to follow up with him afterwards. And I said, I hope you've experienced the love of Jesus tonight in ways that you never have before. And at that point, that man began to explore Jesus in new ways. So that's, that's the, the way we identify first with the pain that's in the room, but take them from the, the, their, what they assume to be true and kind of question that in a gentle and loving and truthful way. Well, and that's really the key to this conversation as we talk about Love 2020, is that love is something that... Um, that is the bridge that can that can get us to that conversation where they do feel it is a safe mm-hmm. place, where they do know that you care about them as a human being and and are willing to listen and take the time. So let's you know that that is this whole connection between Love 2020 and and what's happening specifically in this conversation around the college campuses. So Kathy, how are how, how does that connect? How um, do the people that were that are listening today? How can they take the Love 2020 information into their um, environment, whether it is on a college campus or somewhere else? Right, whether it's on a college campus, your workplace, your neighborhood, your school, the gym you work out in, the place you hang out in, wherever it is, you, you remember um, love listens; it doesn't lecture. And, um, you know, the, the people that are out there screaming at you on the corner of a street, that's not love. I know, you know, Jesus, that's not how Jesus reached people. And so look at Jesus's everyday model of wherever he was, whoever he was with, he prayed for them. He cared for them. He met their basic physical needs. He listened. You know, think about the woman at the well. You know, he said, go get your husband. And she, um, uh, well, uh, I don't have a husband. You know, well, what you say is true. 
And so he spoke compassionately. He met needs. He cared deeply for people. And once he made them feel safe, and once he made them feel loved, he shared the kingdom message. And in that way, they were drawn to him. They were drawn to God, and they were drawn to be different. And that's what this is all about, whether you're on a college campus or you're in your workplace or where you're sitting at your kitchen table, is we've got to lovingly listen. And then the God who was and is and is to come has worked, is working, and has promised to work in all of our lives, in us and through us. And that's the conversation we want to share. Mm. Mark, just in finishing up in 30 seconds or less, give people that are listening some specific things to pray about that are that are happening on college campuses and universities. Well, I would certainly pray that we uh, continue to have access to be able to be on campus, which sometimes has been challenged. Pray for those when they feel uh, opposition to, to realize that God's purposes are not thwarted and that He's still going to work. Uh, but I would really pray for a, for a spiritual awakening, and this I see a Jesus movement happening, and uh, we're part of that. Kathy and I are part of seeing that happen, praying for a fresh movement of God among college and young adults, that, like I saw at Urbana 18 just a few weeks ago, 10,000 students together saying, I'm all in for God's mission in my workplace or wherever I'm going to serve. And, uh, and so God, uh, praying for God to really awaken and continue to awaken a new generation that will lead the charge uh, for Christ's mission in, in their generation. And I'm seeing that happen in America and around the world, uh, but we need to continue to pray for Absolutely. God to do what only He can do. Excellent. Mark Slaughter, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Check him out on markslaughter.org. Kathy Branzell of Love 2020, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. You guys did an awesome job. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And make sure you check out everycampus.com. That was a new resource we brought up today. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.